How's everybody doing today? I just want to welcome everybody to the It's Not Canon show on today. I am one, one of two, not two of two, but one of two. I am the only, the double-A Chase Bank at your absolute service. And my counterpart, Bro Hammer, Bro Hamsterdam, Bro Soros. How you doing, Ryan? If he's not flying, he's Ryan. And he's definitely not lying. What's up, bro? So, did you write down the bro hammer, brosaurus, all that stuff? No. See, the thing about that is, right? So, <laughs> it's like I, I don't know why. I, I just feel like, and, and this could be a nice segue into like our conversation for today. But I feel like every different kind of show I've watched, they have like a different. Um, what is that? A suffix? Yeah, a different uh, suffix on bro. So it's either um, bro hamster is what we always used to say. Bro hamsterdam is the one I came up with. Brosaurus, or it's something at the end of bro that I find really interesting. You know, I, I kind of want to start giving different variations of it. So, those are the three I normally say in, I don't know, random conversation. Did you ever by any chance watch the show How I Met Your Mother? I have not. So, I highly recommend um, watching How, How I Met Your Mother at some point just because. Uh, Neil Patrick Herrick's character is literally like the definition of a bro, and he follows the bro book, which is literally about how to be a bro. <laughs> and he he has different ways of saying bro through the whole uh, the whole series. So yeah, man. I don't know why that brought me to I forgot where it was that Kevin Hart did this, but he's like, oh, <laughs> I forgot what movie it was, but he was like, "Hey, stop being a bro. Your bro needs a hoe." You <laughs> <laughs> were saying that, and that's all what was playing in my head. But no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bro but, handbook. Yeah, I actually had the bro book for a while. It, it was a bunch of little phrases that they wrote for it. Um, yeah, it was um, it was an interesting book, that was for sure. I'll give you that. Um, you but yeah, we might have to make our own version of this. I'm not gonna lie, because that would be pretty nice to have out there. Like, this is what you do and you don't do. And I feel like this is pretty uh needed in today's culture because there's a lot of stupid things happening out there between uh quote unquote pals. Right. And I think on top of it, um I don't know if the book carries well in 2023. <laughs> so no. So I be I, I'm happy to go see if I can find the book online, buy it, and read it again <laughs> because uh, something tells me it doesn't carry over. But before we uh, we jump in, even though this is kind of a segue between what we're discussing today too, but we always got to start this off, and that is our uh, grinding our gear segment, sir. Yes, yes, yes and, yes. and for the people that don't realize this, Chase and I are relatively close to friends that things happen and um 
Well, let's put it this way. He gets phone calls from me. So this week's Grind My Our Gear section happened last week or this week. I forget what day it was. It was over the long weekend of the 4th of July weekend. I had to make a quick run to Walmart. And um, long story short, um, I'm a big believer in following traffic laws. And, uh, and that comes included with parking lots. And if I'm three cars ahead, I should probably get the spot that I can see versus the spot that you think is there. And this week was the, the probably the, the tipper. And I'm going to have to, I know this is going to sound semi-racist, but I need to paint a picture here. Uh, I pull into a spot that's really relatively closest to the door because I saw it visible. The person that, um, was coming up about three car lanes behind me, had no clue that spot was available. And when I pulled out and got out of the car, she tried to find the nearest African-American woman closest by to roll down the window to go, did you see that white man in title thinking he can take that spot? I'm sorry. You didn't even see that spot available. The way you came in, you wouldn't have not even known that spot was available. You're just upset that I made it there first. And you had to bring in the color of my skin. So the conversation of why I'm so grinding over this is entitlement. You're entitled because of the sheer fact you want the closest spot instead of first come, first serve. Um, and as Chase put it, he probably uh, – Chase, what did you say to me about when I told you this whole story? I don't know. I, for anybody who's listening, I've known Ryan for quite some time now. Lots of conversations that have been had. When it comes to entitlement – just hearing some stories about his life, I don't think entitlement is one of the things that comes to the forefront. So I'm pretty sure when the woman pulled up and said, you look at that entitled white man right there, he was probably looked around like, where? <laughs> <laughs> it does, and, and it's so, what it's really said about this whole freaking thing and why, I, I don't care what people think about me. I really don't. Um, I've said that before. What got me was that you also... In the state I live in, I'm not sure if it's like this in every state. I, I really only saw it so much why I lived in this state. We have parking lots where you have ups and downs. So she was going the illegal way up a down. So she doesn't. She was going the wrong way down the. She was going a wrong way down a one way, and just to try to get to the the closest spots possible, or to cut off all these cars that were actually following the rules of traffic. And you you have the nerve to say something, even though you just broke technically traffic laws. <laughs> I, I I don't care. You can you can bitch me out all you want. I really don't care. Um, probably I would if she found me in the store. I would probably just wish her a happy Fourth of July and moved on with my life. I really just didn't care. But what bothered me the most is that you literally acting like this when you're already in the wrong is just. <laughs> Just chef kiss. <laughs> so. Well, I must say, she probably, hey, that, that was her parking blessing, quote unquote, that you just came and took from her. So that <laughs> is probably why she was so sad. I'm just saying, you know, th there's such thing as parking blessings when it comes to the black culture, as in people who don't feel like walking excessively far when they probably need to because they probably got some sugarfoot kids. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, it's, and what's funny is I'm, I'm not the type of person that typically parks close. Um, last time I really parked that close to us uh, in a spot, I had a beautiful car and it got dinged up by people with their carts. So I typically park further away. I was literally running in to walk around the wall to grab hot dog rolls 
walk to the counter and check. I was in the store for a minute, like literally a minute in 30 seconds. <laughs> so yeah, I uh not not a huge um not a huge fan of what happened there. Um but on that note, sir, um that is our grinding gear segment today. I just I couldn't wait to talk about that. As you can see, I I just I, I couldn't wait. Um, but why really do you give us- your gears there, huh? About you know being called entitled. I literally like literally out of all the people that gets in called entitled. I have busted my ass for everything I do. I don't take anything for granted. And here you are telling me I'm I'm entitled because I took a spot that I saw first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. It's, it's, okay. it's again, okay, Ryan. It's okay. I was called an ignorant black person not too long ago, so it's all right. We all get those things. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, I'm not, I'm not hurt over what you said to me. I'm not. I don't really care. It's not bothering me. What bothers me the most is the, the irony of the sheer fact that you broke a traffic law, going up a wrong way, a runway, a wrong way, and you also were trying to cut off about four to five cars by speeding through the parking lot where you could potentially have hit someone. Or and, and, or yeah, what if, if my daughter was out there, I would be, I'll be probably cursing her out, and I'll be on TikTok being famous for you know being racist. Uh, but on that, on the sheer fact that you were just like it, it wasn't the end of the world. You, she went around and got the next closest spot, which is practically the same distance. Like that was that was it for you. Like that was your end of all days. Um, doing too much first thing in the morning, man. It is eight o'clock in the morning. Calm the hell down. Oh, Dude, I'm but you, we don't play about our parking blessings. <laughs> I'm gonna steal parking that. Blessings. I'm, I'm gonna start saying that so that I can end a, uh, ASAP. Let the white boy end that for you. <laughs> Dude, I'm just telling you now. You're gonna drive around to the next grocery store. You're gonna remember this while you're driving too, and you're gonna pull up into a spot that's right by the door. You, you're gonna say to yourself, "Man, that's a nice parking blessing." <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You're gonna say it. It's all right. It's all right. Okay. I'm glad I was able to put that in your spirit, sir. And, and, and as always, when that was when that shit happens, you'll be the first one that gets a phone call that I said I used it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our conversation for today is actually going to rely along the lines of diversity. Or, you know, what I uh, what I initially wrote down was the race switch. We'll get to that in a little bit, but more or less how we deal with diversity in today's world. I feel like I wrote this down back in 2019 and between 2019 and 2023, there has been so many changes within the world. that I feel like how we used to deal with diversity completely and utterly is not applicable to how we have to treat it today. So (laughs) we are going to handle some, I will say some interesting conversations um, based on where we were back then and where we are today, and more or less how diversity is actually um, something that is beneficial to not just our workplace, not just our homes, but also to the entire world. And I did want to start this by saying um, just your general, uh, your general outlook on how the changes in diversity has transitioned from where we were in 2019 to 2023. What have you seen has been one of the biggest shifts? 
Um, well, first of all, the sheer fact that you wrote that uh, in 2019, I had to go look something up before I answer this, um, because I feel like two things have happened where we went in the in a direction of potential positive change. Yes, we did go through this, um, and with a potential positive change, um, and then um, I don't want to say uh, the world bottomed out, but the world did bottom out with uh, COVID and the craziness. And then I feel like we took two steps originally forward for progressive, prog not progressive change, but human, human, the right for humanity in change. And then we took seven steps backwards. Uh -huh. And over the past two years. And the, the, the one thing I think of is George Floyd. I know I don't have the the right to discuss all that stuff again. I understand that, but um, the sheer fact that we had that movement where a lot of things changed in business and the way things were, I, I always phrased it as as this: that the white people in that period were fighting to say that they love black people more than the other white person next to them. When it wasn't really about loving them, it was about preserving life and uh -huh. delete not deleting but eliminating that 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 stigma of stereotype types that george floyd would was a stereotype pretty much um uh -huh. for being a man that was outside a shop and the cops were like well he's doing something wrong um so with all that that was the direction it was supposed to go and then <sighs> us white people always like to fuck things up so they take a phrase that does mean something to a majority of common folk that all lives matter and turn it to make it as a racial as charged as possible. And here we are now watching very a lot of liberties that a lot of laws that protected diversity being butchered from an action uh -huh. was just butchered. Um there was a story that popped up on my uh, my Google feed the other day that I want to say it's one of the top colleges in the country. Maybe you know this if you saw the story that they're being looked at because they prominently take legacies on uh, legacies for that school that are predominantly white over blacks. So now they're being looked into. Um, so th there's. <sighs> It just seems like we're taking so many steps backwards when we were in a pace to, I'm not saying end racism, because I don't think that's ever going to end, but we were taking direct, uh, a direction to feel everyone was included. I know I just rambled. So no, 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 no. That's good, good, good. <laughs> just substance right there. Yeah, go. I'm um, checking my computer while you're talking. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, do, 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 do. Reason I brought that up is because I feel like based on where we are today versus where we were back in 2019, there have been astronomical changes and we could divulge into one particular portion of this in a little bit, but more or less around, you know, the actual... I will say the value in which some companies should look into for actually having a, a, a mix of different races in either leadership 
or uh, women in leadership as well, just so we have those different opportunities to learn from one another. Reason being is recently we went to um, recently we went to the Dominican Republic and do it was just like a complete culture shock for being out there. And for any of our listeners, I've told Ryan this like multiple times since then, I have downloaded an app called Duolingo and I've been teaching myself Spanish. Reason being because I felt like I was completely and utterly just um, at, at, at a loss of words of how uncultured I felt just being out there. And, and DR is a primarily Spanish speaking country. And I'm, you know, just this old stereotypical American that's loud and is just trying to point to whatever I want instead of actually trying to communicate and um, soak in what is being um, that, that what is being expressed to me. So I feel as if like culture and more or less diversity is something that we all need to adapt because one way or another, regardless of how we think about it, we all need each other on this world to function and to live. And um, the, 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 the way I see it is like, um, and it is crazy as it's kept. You think about the different races that we all have within the United States. We know that primarily uh, some races are, some, some, some cultures are known. I don't want to say racist because, yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess some demographics. There we go. Some demographics are known hey, for. Cowards, say it. <laughs> <laughs> some demographics are known for having certain jobs over others. So, I don't know if you think about if you think about the stereotypical black person. What do we have? Oh, we're we're always NBA players. We're about like six nine and above. We're super duper tall people, right? Um, you look at certain demographics of um, maybe some families who are from Mexican descent. They have lawn care companies, but it doesn't just stop there, you know. But that's what our general assumption is always going to go to. And regardless of what you think about the next person. There's always somebody in some form of position that is where they are because we don't want to take certain jobs. Right. So you don't want to be a gas station attendant, but somebody has to be there so you can have the opportunity to get around. Oh, you say um, I'm not that familiar with anybody from India or anything like that. Well, guess what? A lot of them may have a hand in how your phone was built or um, some of these tech jobs. They huh? they might actually run the business that you work for and you just don't know it. You never know. Yeah. So instead of going around saying that, oh, you know, you're just so high and empowered from the word that I used before, you're so high empowered and entitled that you don't need any help or you don't need anybody else of a different race. Just please know you are not put on this world to be alone. Not everybody looks like you. And we are who we are because of what we have expressed to us on this world. So the second before you start, you know, going off a limb and saying that you don't need a whole nother demographic or culture, you do because you weren't put on this world to be alone. Yeah. It, it, and I mean, I'm sure that at some point we will have the long dreaded conversation of race, but in the, the, the conversation of in, in this, people just need to get over themselves to the, the fact that, why take down one race versus, and why is one superior race over the other? I mean, because of a book, because of, of what your parents taught you, you have the ability to inflict change, right? And, and, and the fashions that 
some of these laws have taken a place and some of the ways some of these companies, human resources take effect with some of the questions that they ask during even the application process to try to diverse their, the candidate pool is supposed to work, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's supposed to help diverse them. But then you got to sit there and think, and I have no problem. I'm not a coward like Chase over there, like Alabama. Are they really looking at that information that's coming through and going, oh, yeah, this person is X, Y, and Z. We should interview them, to, you know, because that's the right thing to do. They're probably looking at it and going, well, here's all the whites. Let's just stick to that. Um, but that, that That's not okay. Like, I don't get it, man. I, I really don't. Um, and I know this conversation today is more about diversity and what's changed within the culture of business and how things work, but um, let's, let's kind of stick to that. We'll get into the, the ugly nitty gritty <laughs> race conversation when we have other bros on this, on this with us. So I'm not the only white boy. Oh, <laughs> <So. laughs> um, Ironically, I felt like I wrote this down also because I actually had a class back in college that was called Spaceship Earth. Shout out to EIU one more time. But in Spaceship Earth, we literally, the entire class was about us talking about the world events of what was going on in, um, in, in honestly, the, the, the world of the current point in time. And us talking about like our feelings towards them, how we're impacted, and how that could pack, impact everybody else. And I still remember one of the students that took that class with me he was like a country bred uh white guy who was from one of these surrounding towns around charleston illinois and he actually said he did not meet a black person until he got to eastern and i was like oh really and he was like yeah and it, it was just like a really interesting conversation that we had and well not just we but the entire classroom had around well you know what was your like what was it like? You know, what were your generalized thoughts? Did you like want to just go interact, have a conversation? And you know, it was it was very interesting because he said, growing up, he was told things that when he actually met somebody who was of a different race, it wasn't what he was told at all. So it just came back to you know, and I think you brought it up. What was actually what was tried or attempted to be taught? to another generation from an older generation who didn't understand versus what do we absorb from the world where we are today? Because we are not who our parents want us to be, who they um, try to make us. We are who we choose to be. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens or a lot of the racism that occurs within this world, it's not necessarily anything that is a lot of it is taught is what I'm trying to say. Also, backed by hate. Definitely backed by hate. And and I mean, this is the broader conversation of diversity. I mean, I always look at it, at it this way, and this goes not for just color of the skin, but sexuality. I don't know, whatever it falls under, everything, right? Um, mm-hmm. I always look at it this way. How? Why does it bother you so much? Like, why, how does it affect your life, how someone else lives their life or how they look? Are they in your home? Yeah. Are, are you talking to them 24-7? Why is it, why is it affecting you that much? It, it, 
Because let's put it that way. Those people that you complain about all the time or it's not immoral or it's not right or whatever, they don't think about you all the time. They're living their best lives. But you, you, for some reason, you choose to have that hate to, I don't know, because you're miserable, I guess. I really, I don't really, I'm not a psychologist, but I, I don't get it. Why do you let it affect your life? It's not, it's not in your parameters to worry about you. I've always said uh, the one piece of advice I got from my father is you can only worry about what's in the four walls of your house and the roof. Is that, is that happening in your house? Is that why you need to control it is because you you can't control what's in your house. That that's not, it's not not your, you're not your ground to sit there and tell other people how to live. Exactly. And And another thing that I wanted to transition to um, was, and I I know I have like a, a bit of a different, um, foresight on this or perspective I should say but whenever it came to you being in an actual workplace from your perspective did you always felt like you fit in or did you ever feel like you always kind of stood out did you feel awkward how did that uh, like how, how did you what what how do you feel like how does that work so I always found my way I always found a group of people that I always felt like I fit in with everywhere I go um uh-huh. Even though I'm an introvert, um, I always had a group of people that I felt calm with, a common morality with. Um, but there, there is always a group of people that I just didn't spend a lot of time with because either they, they were in a different sector of work and I didn't understand what they did. And you know, I, I use this as an example. I worked, excuse me, I worked for a um, relatively big company, and I was a leader for a couple different teams there. And um, there was a, a sector of leader uh, team managers of my same role in a different area. And they reminded me of those IT nerds that like whisper underneath their breath code to make fun of someone else. We never talked to them um, because we didn't have like they're going to sit there and bore us to death. We didn't talk to them. Um, mm-hmm. But beyond that, um, I always felt like I fit in wherever I went. Uh, what about you? I feel like that's something I always kind of struggled with until I got to where we currently are right now. Mm. Always felt like I struggled. Um, more or less because I kind of felt like if if we had like company, I felt like I, I would at least be able to talk to another person that I was at the company with, but it would be like on a professional level. It was nothing ever that was more than surface tension. Um, oh, and yeah. also whenever... Yeah. Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> but when it came to like maybe just like a work outing or if we had like a company at dinner or something like that, I feel like people would just try to make conversations with me based off of my demographic or the color of my skin and not actually get to know who I was or like yeah. it would be like little subtle conversation. But, oh, hey, did you see those Jordans that just came out? And I was like no i don't buy jordans actually but it, it was, it was never like that, that happened in california i was i bared witness to about three members of our company who asked you about jordans and you're like yeah yeah <laughs> right and i'm just like i don't buy jordans actually <laughs> that i hear about them i don't know probably a week or two later but i'm not a jordan buying person like how about you ask me how my family's doing? How are you? Like, right. stuff along those nature. 
So it, I felt like it was always little snippets of conversations like that. Never anything of how are you outside of work or those conversations was always about work when we weren't at work. And I feel like that really isn't a, the best way of, I would say, getting to know a person or even really trying to gain retention of that person because everything is always about work. And that's not what life is about, you know? So yeah. I, I've always felt awkward until we got here. Yeah. It not, I, want, I want to circle back to a point, though, because when when you have those moments, I, I always look back as, man, those, those people that you're talking about that you were, didn't know how to communicate with you, it happened to be like, they had to be raised in a certain way because I was raised... Um, I have black cousins um, that I would see birthdays, holidays here and there, whenever, right? Whenever I, we were able to be around um, for it. Um, Cause that's what happens when you have two separate families, you can, you have to pick and choose. Um, so I was raised to, you know, be able to communicate with everyone. Um, I was also raised very lower middle class. So you're, you're talking to a lot of different people. Um, and the first thing I think I asked you the the day we still well the first thing I did was I complimented you on your interview skills because your interview skills were amazing when you interviewed me. But then I think within that day we started talking Rick and Morty immediately. And that's how we made built our connection, right? So yeah. yeah, I mean I always had that ability to find some type of connection, but from from a perspective of even when we went to the work event a couple a couple months ago. I was happy that you and I were are close enough because I'm I'm t- typically socially awkward. Um, I'm about ready to have a house full with some people that I don't talk to that I'm going to feel very socially awkward in any way. So that's why I'm going to be probably staying down here playing video games in a little bit. Um, but <laughs> but I, I'm socially awkward. So at least I had you, but I always have the ability to come out of that at some point and start talking to people. But for the first, uh, I don't know, could be able almost to a day i have to feel people out and see how comfortable i can be with them i know how to be guarded i know how not to be guarded so when when it comes to work i also i don't know you just sometimes to me i think i just feel that chemistry where it's going to be like you and i when you interviewed me i i literally remember saying to my wife man i want to hang with him because he is cool as hell i can see us having a great working relationship and beyond that um same with when i met um my other best friend who everyone's going to meet relatively soon he like him and i became paired together and we went to lunch and as he started talking i'm sitting there going like this guy's gonna become like one of my best friends one of my closest he, i consider him the the brother that i wanted not the, the sibling i wanted not the one i got so it's um it's it's the relationship piece of it is I pick and choose, right? Like there's people that you and I talk to the most at work. And then there's those ones that we don't do because we don't have either something in common with them or me personally, it's the work ethic um, that drives me away from people. Um, like I have high expectations for work ethic. So, <laughs> um, but I want to stay on this work thing because you and I were having a conversation before we did this today and we were really diving into stuff on the diversity piece and, with the with the way companies are hiring now, um, let's let's use our example without giving too much detail. Um, before I started with the company, 
Chase was the only male person <laughs> on a team of, I want to say it was like 13. <laughs> um, prominently female, yet he was stationed in America. He was the only one on our side to do what we do in the USA. <laughs> Um, because at that time he already lost his counterpart who was also female um so i was the second male to be hired on uh, on our team by a majority of female dominant in in a different part of the world not a huge deal right but we we've had this conversation about i mean when 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 they interviewed you did you get the sense that they were interviewing you for your skills or did you feel like they were, uh, and I know the answer already because I, I think you and I are going to share the answer. Did you feel like they were interviewing you for your skills or were they interviewing you to fill a status? To be brutally honest, I feel like it was both. Uh, because at a, I feel like I was at a unique position because I was technically a boomerang. So mm-hmm. with all, a lot of the processes and uh, products and overall knowledge base i knew how everything already worked and bringing me back in to fulfill on a different product it wasn't much of a difference it's just learning the product as far as like the structure of how everything broke down already that i already knew and on top of that i was already of african-american descent so if they also needed that diversity inclusion guess what he checks off that box too let's get him going so i feel like it was a little bit of both yeah i know right can't tell (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah so for me I, I really don't know what they were getting out of me because I never had the experience in this realm until this this job here I have the ability to run what I what where our essence title is that we don't give a lot of details into um, because of the, the fields I held prior to that but this it was a whole new landscape so I, I contemplated was it because they were after after seeing the team? Is it because of, they were filling a void? But I, for me, I think, and just from I'm not going to speak for you because I know your experience is a thing. I think what our team was farm just based off of the people that we work with, and including now, they look for a certain person that has a certain. I wouldn't say attitude, but more like a, an uplift can do mentality. And, and slightly quirky. And slightly quirky, yeah. Because we all we all share something in common in some fashion with probably our peers. But um, the sheer fact that thinking about the original team that was here, they it was very hard for me right off the bat to tell who was who over there because of the sheer fact that they – they all had the same type of personality, which is there's nothing wrong with the personality. The sheer fact that they, 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 there was a thing that they were looking for. You fit uh-huh. that for the American sense. I don't know where I come in because I, you and I are, we share a lot of things in common, but our personalities are way different um, to an extent that, you know, I'll be brash. You'll be, you'll polish, clean things up. I'll be straightforward and tell people how it is. You'll find the nice big words to use. Um, you, use that, you use that master's degree and I use uh, the gutter language. Um, so, but I, I think it's, I think it was the work ethic that they were really hiring for when it came to our team, right? When you look at our, at the company that we work for as a whole, we are very diverse. 
I'm talking about the small niche company that we're in right now. We're very okay. diverse in, in, in that sense, right? So, but if you notice by each certain team, they hire by like almost like a personality or a an ethics that they're looking for. Not, and it doesn't matter the color, skin, sex, age, nothing. Um, so I bring that up because there was a company that I worked for a while back that um, age didn't matter, color, skin did. And I didn't pick it up because I worked off of, um, I worked out of outside of the main office, so I didn't really get to see it until mm-hmm. we came together. And I remember getting into a room with all these, all these leaders and I'm looking around, I'm like, huh, a lot of bright skin, uh, pale people in this room. <laughs> and, and it's funny because the, the, the way when I, when I really looked at it, I'm like, this is, I don't know if this is okay because the people that were diverse um, or different ethnicity and different colors that were leaders were focused in one area of the business versus across the board. And back to your point, it was shared experiences, right? Like everyone brings something to the table. And And I bring this up because when we think about these applications and I was telling you about an application I saw just out of, out of sheer fact of just reading through it, um, where I read it today, actually in a, in a column, they, they asked name, address, city, state. Um, they asked for like the normal stuff, like your salary. Are you, um, are you legally allowed to work? All that stuff. And then it broke down to even further. Um, the normal like veteran dis- disabilities was like the last piece. But then you went to male or female. What race? Then it goes down to what's your pronoun? Okay, very acceptable. That's where the world we live in now. And then it asks my sexuality. Am I transgender? If uh, and then it makes me repick if I'm white or Hispanic, and, and I'm sitting there going, "This is uh, this is very deep for it. Uh, like even for my for me who I am, white male heterosexual, um, I felt uncomfortable answering that because my first thought was like, <laughs> a lot of that stuff is personal. I don't know if a lot of people want to just blurt out what they are, um, yeah. even if." You're the the social norm of what this country perceives socially normal, which is unnormal. Um, but I don't think I, I understand that they're they're looking for a diverse candidate pool, right? Yeah. And then what I said to you before, Mike. Well, I'm not diverse. I'm just another generic white man who loves women, <laughs> and there's nothing really special about me. It, would I even be considered if they're looking in this diverse piece off this, this, this thing I'm writing? And I understand the purpose of diversity, but does that, those, does those questions, are those questions that for this collective place hindering what they're trying to accomplish? And what's your thoughts? Um, I feel like to a certain degree, it does it does kind of I would say I wouldn't say put a blockade but kind of like a net just like a soft net like oh hey all right we caught one we got what we're looking for when it comes to like certain checking off certain boxes or making sure you have a certain amount of people you know um because 
I can't tell you the amount of times where, and I've, <laughs> I, I feel like this can, this could be a two-way straight of saying, Hey, um, I feel like I am overtly qualified for this position, but because I feel like maybe you already have your quota, I didn't get hired. Or you might've put somebody else there or, you know, some, I, I guess that is an insecurity that I do have in the background of, you know, my foreground thoughts whenever I apply somewhere is, or have applied somewhere is, am I going to get hired because I need to check off like a certain box or, Am I actually overqualified for what I am filling out for? And sometimes I do feel like, dude, come on now. I got X amount of years of experience. I got a master's degree. You know, I've been in these different kinds of uh, social boards. I've been doing this, that, and the third for years. And it's just like, well, what is the next guy that had it better than me? Because I can tell you right now, when it comes to the interviewing process, I could talk you out your shoes and your socks. But... <laughs> It's one of those things that I, I just kind of chalk up and, you know, I just chalk it up to the game and I just shoot it out like Kobe. All right. It either it goes or it doesn't, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of one of those things. It is what it is. And I don't know. I definitely kind of get where you're coming from with the, this feels like a little bit too personal for the whole, right. what's my sexual preference or, you know, how do I, you know, the printer thing, like you said, I get it, it's a part of the world right now. Yeah, but a makes, lot of these. Other... Yeah, the other, that makes the most sense, right? Out of all? Yeah. Right. It does. Right. I get the pronoun thing because right. I, I get that. But ask me what my sexual preference is on a job interview or a job, uh, uh, what do you call it? Application. It's mm-hmm. just kind of one of the things where, like, um, I'm here to work, not necessarily flaunt what it is or what I'm into. It's just, is that salary going to be something that I can get? Like, I don't want to tell you about what I do in my free time yet. Like, I don't even know you like that, sir. <laughs> you know, I, I, I sit here and I wonder because when I was interviewing people for roles that I was filling, I don't know if I actually ever looked at those those questions when they came in on the applications. I think I just looked at the resume see if they were qualified for the role, see what their salary expectation was. And if, if it meant everything that I needed for them, they would get a phone call to come in for an interview. Uh-huh. I don't remember at a single period of me looking at those questions. And let's be very honest. In this day and age, there's a lot of weird names out there. And I've learned very quick not to judge someone by their names of what their color of their skin is going to be when they walk in. Cause I have been completely surprised by what walks through the door. Um, however, Google translate needs to get a little bit better when I type something in, it needs to give me the proper pronunciation because I am, it was failing me left and right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just, uh, yeah, I, those questions I get the purpose. They have it's something they need to ask so they get a a candidate pool. But I also look at it from someone like me. You have a master's degree. Let's let's wind this back a little bit. Let's say you just came straight out of college with no experience, but you have a master's degree. Uh-huh. But here's someone that has a two-year degree that has eight years of experience doing that job. You're a black African man, African American man, 
that has a master's degree over a person that has experience doing the work and it comes reputable to take that job, but you need to fill the diverse piece. So here, we're going to take this person. I'm a person that has two years, a two-year degree. I consider myself a jack of all trades that I can pretty much learn anything. Um, as you know, I mean, I made that opening sequence. No one commented on that open sequence. I love that damn thing. Um, and, and the other things I have done that taught myself how to do for this, not my wheelhouse, not what I went to school for, um, but I taught myself how to do this stuff. The stuff that we do for a living, um, taught by you to me, and just poking around and breaking things and fixing them. Um, mm -hmm. So I understand your perspective that I have the, the qualifications, but there's also people out there like me that do not fit that technical diverse piece but has the experience that sometimes I wonder get overlooked as well because of the diverse piece. And I'm not just saying because of the color of the skin or my sexuality, that, that, that could be a technical piece to it too. Like, Oh, we need to, he, he has all the experience, but he, here's the flip to that. Like we need to fit, we, we need to make sure we hit our, our quota. Yes. This person has the experience. He has more, but we really need to make sure we stay diverse. So we, we get to call the fortune 500 company or best place here to work. And I think there's a catch 22 to the, the diversity piece of those questions. Like I see the purpose. I see the, the understanding of why we have it and why we need it, especially in this world that we live in. But for the, the people that struggle like me, that will have a harder time trying to find something because companies will focus more on that versus the experience and the qualifications. I, I contemplate that because I've seen it happen in other companies that, yeah, this person's really good on paper. They fit everything, but this person, they have all the boxes that we need to check off to make us a fortune 500 company. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying those questions need to go away. I think as a society, we need to wait to think differently about how we hire and interview and stop looking at those questions and just interview for the best qualified candidates. Yeah. It doesn't matter what those questions to say, but I understand the purpose of those questions. It's needed because of the society that we live in now. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like, you know, the different, Looking, looking at things through different, um, different de de demographic um, perspectives is very eye-opening to everybody, not just you know the race that you're currently that you are born with. More specifically, I don't know if you remember this, but it was a show that launched black in 2006, and it was called Black Dot White. Period. Do you remember? Do you recall that? What channel was it on? Ooh, let me see. Give me the network because I know your channel numbers are different than what my channel numbers would have been. You are absolutely right there. Um, let's see here. <laughs> Where did this come out on? Da, 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 da. You know, I'll include it. We'll, we'll include it within our follow up because I don't see it off top. But um, basically, it was a show that took a black family and made them white, and the show that took a white family and made them black. And they had to go on through their normal days acting like they were the specific race that they were portraying. And what they saw is that America literally treated them 
completely and utterly different based off of the color of their skin. Would you imagine that? Hold on. Who would have known or assume that? I just have some questions. And yes, I do agree with you. I yeah, I wouldn't I'm not surprised by that. But my first question is are you telling me they did blackface in 2006 on a TV show? Yeah, it was a social experiment. It was a whole thing. I remember watching it. People get yelled at on Twitter now for that. It, 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 it was a little different for this one. It was a social experiment, so I, I kind of was like, ah. I get it. I get this it. Let this one slide. I, I think I think this is, is genius. I think this is a great social experiment. But I'm I'm curious how many people out there would, uh, like will come across the show and go, I don't believe they just did blackface. I'm gonna put this whole family on blast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, that like this. I definitely see your perspective on that one. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because people people hate, people focus on hate, right? So yeah, who cares if it was a social experiment for a show, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I I I believe I remember just based off your description something some commercials for it, and I'm not shocked that people get treated differently by the color of their skin. I, I'm not naive to that. I I, I definitely know that. Um, and I here I'll give a great example: um, tinted windows and a Nissan Sentra with gold plated rims, black car, blacked out little. Um, blacked out windows person gets pulled over by the cops leaving a mall they roll down the window the cops go go ahead and you can go and when that person questions why they got pulled over we had a african-american that was pulling away in a uh in a type of car like this that stole something from a store they pulled me over in this car because i bought this car for cheap i didn't even get a chance to take off the illegal tint on it and they thought because they saw the car, this is the African-American that did it. Turns out the person that actually stole from the store was actually a white person. And they pulled out in a Nissan Maxima white car and everything. <laughs> <laughs> My car was completely different. But the stereotype that, oh, this has got to be the car, right? Can't see in it. I, and when they rolled down the window, so I was a white boy. They all they told him was take the tint off and move on the way. I bet you if it was a black man, they would have made him pull him out of the car, searched him because he fits the description, and made and gave him a ticket for those tents. Yeah. Um I I mean that or arrest them. I mean, it is it is the police. Or that might have got shot. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Not <laughs> in that. That, <laughs> that town, I can tell you the cops were probably too scared to even figure out how to pull their guns out of their holster. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I wouldn't be worried about them getting shot. They probably would have got arrested. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. So, but yeah, I get it. The people get che- uh, treated differently by the kind of skin. And we, we, it's sad that in two twenty twenty three, we still we still see that. Um, Seriously. And, and I, I always wanted to bring up the sheer fact that uh, about three of our peers asked you about the Jordans <laughs> on our work trip, and I'm like. I know he doesn't wear Jordans. Do I just ignore it? I should just ignore it, right? <laughs> like, people, when I tell you I've never owned a pair of Jordans, I have no ambition on owning a pair of Jordans. Me and Ryan talk about shoes almost every other day, or if not every day, just like, hey, bro, what you think about these? Hey, bro, what you think about these? And they're all different kinds of shoes. Like, people, listen, 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 listen well. There are all different kinds of shoes out there. They're not just Jordans. And there are so many cool-looking shoes out there. 
you don't always have to buy Jordans. Get you a nice diverse amount. See, diversity. Get you a nice diverse amount of shoes. They exist. So when me and him talk about shoes, I don't think we've ever sent each other a pair of Jordans and be like, hey, dude, look at these. Never. You know what? It's funny because we have that that story I keep on telling you about down here that I want to take you to. And they have a few Jordans, but I never look at them. I'm looking at under armor i'm looking at reeboks i'm looking at brooks i'm looking at everything else but anything with a check mark on it is already ignored by me plain and simple because there's one they're to me they're not comfortable two i mean they're going to be expensive three there's other comfortable colorful crazy shoes out there that look a lot better than jordan's in my opinion and like i i I respect it anybody who gets a fresh pair i'm like yo those are fire you are mm-hmm. in playoff mode. Like, th- 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 those are nice, but it's just not one of those things that I'll just be like, yeah, I want a pair. Like, mm, I'm good. I'm good. Like, when it comes to Nikes, of, of course, I'm still have like a pair of Nikes here and there. Um, I think I got like a few pairs, but when it comes to me buying Nikes, I buy LeBron's more or less because I'm a LeBron fan. I support LeBron. Those are those nice. Very yeah, I'll, nice. I'll, I'll give you something for those. Those are nice shoes and they're very well padded. They are. Not their typical Nike shoes. Exactly. Like, dude, this pair of LeBrons I've had, I had them since like, what, maybe 2015, still in great condition, hug my feet very nicely. Those are like the perfect shoe I've ever had. Like, I'm waiting <laughs> on him to re release these. I'll get like three pairs of them. Like, that, 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 when, when you say Nike to me, that's what I imagine. And I understand where I'll probably get some slack for the whole, um, oh, Jordan's the GOAT, blah, 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 blah. Okay, we can have that conversation another day. But for me, as for right now, when it comes to like Nike shoes, I immediately go immediately imagine LeBron's. That's just me. So I don't want to disappoint you and just disappoint another brother. But uh, um, when I went out last weekend, I went to the outlets and um, I was, you know, me, thanks to you, I wear all these colorful shoes. So now I look at everyone's shoes now to kind of see, you know, what people are wearing and. Here's this uh, nice, good-looking black man wearing what I would consider decent clothes. I wouldn't say he was top of the style, but what killed me was he was wearing Crocs, like the open back Crocs. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dude, <laughs> you're, you're you're doing yourself a disservice, there, buddy. <laughs> well, from what I hear, I hear Crocs are very, very comfortable. I don't have a pair, but <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, this man's walking around with a gold chain, like a white T-shirt. It's not like those super tight, like ripped jeans. They were just like regular, like normal straight leg cut jeans mm. and Crocs. And what kills me more is because I look at Crocs as like almost like a form of sandals when they're open back. He had fucking socks on. <laughs> that, that, that killed me. Man. That killed me. <laughs> Uh, so uh, yeah. uh, I, we gotta get some, a Croc wearer on this show. To decide, like, what is the proper way to wear Crocs? Do you wear them with the back open, closed, socks, no socks? Like, what? 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 Give me some context I, here. I, I, you know, it's funny with all this this foot issue. The one of the doctors I actually had met with, he's like, you need to get your pair of Crocs. And I said, I will die. I will cut my foot off before I put on a pair of Crocs. <laughs> Granted, they, there is a bunch of colorful Crocs. I will never in my life catch myself wearing wearing crocs i just can't you know what i'm just gonna buy you a pair and you know what you're gonna get a pair i'm gonna get a pair we're just gonna test them out you know it's funny here we are uh, talking about diversity but we refuse to accept one pair of shoes (laughs) 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 
Yeah, I think we're racist to Crocs, dude. Uh, we might need a... <laughs> I think I need some counseling. Yeah. Hey, if Crocs wants to sponsor us, they're more than welcome. <laughs> I'll wear them then. <laughs> I'll pretend. <laughs> I'll even name them. These are my little Crocs. <laughs> oh, sir, I think we really went off on a whole different tangent. I did try to bring us back there a little bit. But, um, it kind of fit. It kind of fit. Yeah, I mean, we we just opened the door literally for the world to realize how racist we are against Crocs. <laughs> so, um, sir, as always, wrap us up, sir. Everybody listening, again, we just want to say thank you for all your time, all your patience, and your ears for listening. Um, as always, be prosperous, be powerful, and be perseverant. Be great. Be gracious. And everyone, enjoy your day. Make them all count. Later, everyone. And we're out of here. Bye, bro. Bye.